What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Levi Humman over Zoom video. Levi was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. He comes from a very musical family. His, his dad is a successful songwriter here in Nashville. So he talks about growing up kind of within the industry. But Levi really didn't pursue a career as a, an artist or a songwriter until after college. He said he had a guitar as a, as a kid growing up and he'd kind of play with it here and there. And when he went to college for a graduation present, his dad got him a really, really nice guitar and he brought it to, to college. He just had it in the closet in his dorm. He went through a pretty bad breakup and that really inspired him to pick the guitar up and start writing. He said he wrote about 50 songs. He'd send them over to his dad. Uh, his dad was like, if you want to do the songwriting thing, you are from Nashville. Why don't you move back to Nashville? He moved down to Florida for college. So he transferred to Belmont University in Nashville to study songwriting, ended up signing a record deal. He talked about getting a phone call right before he went on stage at Stagecoach, letting him know that uh, him and the label had parted ways. When he got off the stage, he called his dad. His dad's like, well, here's the point. Do you want to continue to do this? Levi said losing that deal really fueled the fire within him to push even harder to pursue this career. He was fully independent for the next six years or so up until these songs that'll be coming out uh, in the fall. But Levi talks about the major success he had on TikTok with his song paying for it. He talks about Walker Hayes and him writing that song and kind of the interesting way it was eventually put out. And we hear all about the latest song he released called Rent Free. You can watch our interview with Levi on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Levi Humman. What's going on, Levi? I'm Adam. What's going on? We're um, just warning. I'm with my three dogs. There might be some barking at some point because this is just the Zoom situation. It's all right, man. It's all right. I got a, a dog as well that might be barking and, and two kids here. So um, <laughs> hopefully they're, they're all occupied out there. But uh, yeah, I get it. It's the world we live in. Yeah, we have. We just got a new puppy and it's an English Mastiff. And her oh, name wow. is Tanya. And she's she's like nine weeks old, but she's almost forty pounds already at nine was, weeks. Oh my god! I was gonna say that dog is gonna be massive. It literally is the biggest puppy ever, and it thinks it's because it's so young. It thinks it's so small, and will like <laughs> crawl on your head in the middle of the night. Like I haven't slept in a week and a half because it crawls like on my head and just sits. Oh my god! In the middle of the night. <laughs> it's, it's so cute though. It's, it's worth it. It's just been. It's been a journey with a puppy. Oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I have a dog too, but we got him when he was like two and a half. So, but he's only like 13 pounds, (laughs) fully grown. (laughs) So, um, cool. Well, this is about you and your journey in music. And uh, we'll talk about the the single that you just released and everything else you have uh, coming up as well. Awesome. Sweet. Um, So, Nat, you're you're in Nashville. From what I read in that big sign behind you, Yes. Um, <laughs> were you born and raised here? 
Yeah. So Nashville's my hometown. Uh, my dad's a songwriter. So I grew yeah. up in the business and kind of on music row. My mom's a preacher. And so they're based both here in Nashville. They live eight minutes down the road from me. And I have only left for two years total. Oh, really? Where did, where did you go when you left the, uh, Nashville? Yeah, I went to college down in uh, Tampa, Florida, or St. Okay. Pete, Florida. It's a college called Eckerd College. And I went there for two years. Um, and yeah, I moved back and basically just started writing songs. Cool. So obviously, yeah, yeah. Dad's a songwriter, um, probably surrounded by music your entire life. Was that something that uh, your parents kind of steered you towards, at least young, uh, as far as like maybe piano or guitar or something like that? No, I mean, my parents kind of instilled uh, creativity in me and my brothers. I have two younger brothers as well, and they always wanted us to be creative. They always kind of inspired us to be creative, but they also pushed us to do sports and pretty much the rules of the house are play a sport, play an instrument and do well in school. Uh, but I really didn't like pursue music professionally until after college. Oh, interesting. Okay. So did you, what instrument did you uh, play since it was sports? instrument school i i played guitar so i I've, I've had a guitar pretty much in my hand even like as a hobby or whatever since i can remember and i remember my brother moses he chose a trumpet <laughs> that went nowhere for him, so he doesn't do music at all and okay. then my middle brother uh played piano and he also doesn't do music wow okay so you played guitar but it was just like a hobby you didn't even try really writing songs or anything like that I, I would go in and out of phases of like kind of being into it. And then like just like taking two years where I just didn't even touch a guitar. Um, but my high school graduation present was a Blue Ridge custom from Sacramento that my dad gave me. And I put it in my college dorm closet, never touched it. And one day after like a really bad breakup, I grabbed it for the first time. And that was kind of the onset of writing songs. And it was legitimately just to get a girl back <laughs> <laughs> did it work no <laughs> i i had not i had not honed my skills yet so oh. it was, uh, no I, but i did write my first probably 50 songs sitting in that college dorm room just being a sad boy wow um well prior to going to college yeah your dad's in the industry was did he was he he was an artist though too right would he tour and stuff or just songwriting he was an artist for a while. I mean, he had, I think he, he like jokes that he got signed by every record label because they kept signing him and dropping him. Okay. <laughs> um, but he had an album called all in good time that he recorded as an artist and had like one of these days you're going to love me, which was eventually like a wide note of Judd number one. Mm -hmm. uh, Bless the broken road was on that album and a bunch of other songs that were later recorded by other artists and went to be very successful. So he recorded that album and then ended up pitching the songs like what was like got a publishing deal or something that where he was. Yeah, I think he had, he had a publishing deal through the whole thing. But I think, yeah, definitely um, those songs just like my dad and everybody in town, I think from just my perspective, I mean, I wasn't I was very young, but he was just so talented and everybody saw him as super talented, but they just couldn't figure out how to like get him to go onto country radio and be successful because he mm -hmm. was just kind of out there and. Little, probably a little popular at the time than like Billy Ray Cyrus or Red Atkins or whatever. Sure. And, uh, but those songs, you know, withstood, withstood the test of time. And now they're some of the most country songs. <laughs> right. And, but at the time they were definitely not considered that. 
So when you were, were growing up, would you go to the studio at all with him? Or was that just his, like, oh, that's my dad's gig. Like maybe something you, you and your brothers weren't that interested in. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely was like, as the oldest and kind of like living in the nineties with my dad for the mm-hmm. most part, like being kind of just around, I remember just, I have like very much imprinted memories of music. Um, it's funny. I was actually at like the, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but I was at a party for um, the, the chicks have a show at Bridgestone tonight. And so I was at this, like the chicks with Marty and Natalie and Emily and everybody last night. And they're like, Oh, I remember you being like 10 years old. Like when you were around, I would take me away number one party. And, um, and I, you know, I told them, I was like, my memory of the, of you guys was sitting at a conference room table at the BMI award show and just kind of hanging out with you guys and like you guys being just like family. And then mm-hmm. kind of circling back, you know, as I'm in the industry and having these conversations, it's like, wow, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's wild. Yeah. To, to think that you were in these rooms and for them to go, Oh, I remember you're 10. Like, like Oh yeah. Just, it, that's just such a cool I mean, full circle experience, I'm sure. Um, so you go to college, not for music, obviously. I mean, it doesn't sound like it since you started playing really there. Um, yeah. Once you picked up the guitar and you started writing all these songs in your dorm room, was that something that you were like, oh, my, okay, I really enjoy this. Like, um, maybe I should kind of pursue this. Or like, how did you, or why did you end up, mo- end up moving back to Nashville? Is it to pursue songwriting? Yeah, so what... What happened was I, I went to college for visual arts. So I was a visual arts major, which means I basically was a major in nothing. And so just Were you like, like doing drawing or painting? Like what was visual arts? Like what did you yeah, do? Yeah, so I, I did printmaking, drawing, sculpting. I just tried a little bit of everything. And cool. I was kind of in that world. Um, I took a interdiscipline. This is like the hardest word for me to say. Interdisciplinary arts class. Sure. And it was basically, you like basically take two mediums and match them together or three. So I did this like, slideshow of all these sculptures that i created and then i wrote a soundtrack to the slideshow and oh, that, cool. that was like that was like the first time like i i took songs that i was like kind of writing for this like breakup i was going through and i've kind of put them to this thing it was like this whole thing but what i realized in that i was like i was like i like songwriting i like making music so much more than i like any of the other mediums mm-hmm. and so i just started really writing songs like that that really got me going like between the heartbreak that that class and kind of the realization and I started writing these songs and sending them back to my dad in Nashville and I was like what do you think of this and at first he's like oh it's it's good and then he's like every day I would send a new song and he was like why are you in Florida when you're from the the music city where all the songs are writing songs and then sending them back here and I remember like the next day I ended up transferring to Belmont University wow and um went there as a songwriting major and just started writing songs and um yeah and i got a publishing deal like six months later oh my gosh and were you uh when you were sending the songs back and forth to your dad was he giving you like notes on them or was he just kind of like being dad like oh yeah this is pretty good um it was like a mixture of both i think at first he was like as it wasn't that serious he was like oh that's good he's like and then as it kind of like happened over and over and over again he was like well this could change here and you can do this this and this and I mean, this is back in the day where a garage band just came out and I like recorded a little album on garage band. And for somewhere in the world, there is a album that is like me in my college dorm room on garage band. <laughs> oh, that's rad. <laughs> and wh- how many years later did you release your self-titled EP? Oh uh, my gosh. So I got, I graduated or I dropped out of college 2013. 
Okay. Got signed by Desmond Child, who wrote like Living on a Prayer and Dude Looks Like a Lady. Wow. Publishing. And then like seven months went by and I signed with Big Machine Records. But mm-hmm. I I was not like in a I, I had no clue who I was as an artist when I got signed by them. I was just like, I was like, I love what I'm doing. I love this. I think I, at first I just wanted to be a songwriter. I didn't know, like I didn't have any aspirations to be an artist yet. And uh, Big Machine signed me and didn't know what to do with me. And then we released a self-titled album during that time or a self-titled EP during that time. And then like a few months later after that, we left and parted ways. Okay. And then you said that you didn't really want, you didn't know if you wanted to be an artist. Like when do you feel like you found your kind of voice and you're like, okay, that instead of being a songwriter, I'm, I know I'm an artist. This is what I want to pursue. Yeah, honestly. So Desmond signed me as a, um, signed me as a writer and he kind of was the one that like pushed me at 22 he was like you should be an artist like what are you doing like you're you have a great voice you have a unique way of writing and um he really pushed me to be an artist and like i don't don't even like talk about it that much that like going into that first big machine meeting i didn't even know like i didn't really know what a label even did like i knew that it was like cool to get a record deal and i also knew it was like cool to have a booking agent but i had no clue what any of that that stuff was right I got the publishing deal. I got the record deal. I signed with CAA for agency. And I was like, I don't even know what a booking, like, I don't really even know what a booking agent does. And <laughs> it took me like years to kind of, and especially after losing the record deal to kind of like figure out what everything is in music and run it as a business and figure out how to be an artist. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. When you uh, like, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like once that, you know, you guys part away, you part ways with Big Machine, was that something where you're like, uh, like, I don't know, is this really going to, is this really what I want to do? Or were you like defeated at all? Or was it like, I, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to move forward. Well, it was like a weird time in my life because they, I, I feel like they just didn't know what to do with me. I didn't really know what to do with myself. <laughs> right. And, I mean, you were young and it, yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. I, I've definitely signed the deal too young, which was fine. And I, there's like, actually like, I'm more constantly inspired by that journey and that path. And it feels like, it feels like a different version of me. So, um, I remember a conversation with my dad. I kind of had to like call him. I was actually about to go on stage on the main stage at Stagecoach. No way. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like on the phone with like my manager. He's like, he's like, you have this option here, get, you can stay or you, we can split ways and go amicably. I was like, let's just get at it. Like, let's just go. And, and, you know, one of the best things that Scott Bruchetta ever did for me, probably have an NDA on this or something, but is he like, really like we had a really great amicable split and uh, he basically wished me the best and uh, didn't like hold anything. Didn't maybe pay for anything. Just like, let me go, which was like so nice. Cause not a lot of people do that. And um, yeah, I remember I had that conversation and walked on stage at Stagecoach and I was like, shit. <laughs> and I know. Oh. And it's so funny. Like that, that whole show is so, so crazy. Cause it was like Luke Combs, Levi Hummond, Kit Moore, Cam. Uh, and it was like, I was like, Luke Combs was like opening for me in that situation. It was so weird. That's and now wild. Like, the biggest star ever. Um, but no, I remember, uh, so I got off stage and it was a great show. It was, it was super fun. And then like called my dad and I was like, I don't really know how to say this. Like I just like heard from a manager and this is this. And he's like, Oh man. <laughs> and then he goes, he's like, how do you feel? And I was like, I, I was like, I don't know how to feel. I don't, I, you know, that, we haven't done anything yet. Right. And he goes, well, he's like, right now that's means, uh, that means you get to figure out how bad you want it. And I was like, well, I still, I want to do this. This is my life. I don't, 
even think I could do anything else. And um, yeah, and I, I think I, I, in that moment, I realized I was like, I'm not really as defeated as I feel like I should be. And I feel actually more inspired. And I think uh, my I left that conversation feeling just hungry. Mm-hmm. Well, you said in the beginning of that, you, you said my dad's been signed to every label, right? Like, because so he has obviously experience in that thing and it didn't stop him and he was continued to be successful with that was that something that it was did you think that talking to your dad and him being able to kind of say you know this is it like you can you know do you want to keep doing this because this is the time to kind of show that you want to keep moving forward was that helpful do you think uh yeah i think i i think i had realized at a young age like i think if you were like a maybe an artist from like a small town that like gets here, gets that dream deal, gets whatever, and then you get dropped. It's, it's a different perspective for me. I have, I had watched the ebbs and flows of music and I knew how heartbreaking it could be, but then, you know, you're always fighting for that little taste of, of a yes somewhere Mm -hmm. or a successful moment somewhere. And uh, no, I, I would, I literally, I think like the next day called John Marks at Spotify and I called Sirius XM and I, and I had all these discussions and I was like, I was like, I'm going to keep releasing music. And I had an awesome manager who was helping me release music as well. And so it was just like, it was just like, we were, we're just going to figure out how to do this. And um, that's honestly like probably the best thing that happened to me because I started releasing music independently. And I was one of like the first people that I knew that was independent, that like was consistently putting stuff on Spotify, getting hundreds of thousands of streams and, um ended up getting on the hot country playlist being the face of hot country playlist on spotify that's huge but i did that all independently i didn't have a label or anything and it literally like it's not totally announced yet but i can just hint at it like i finally have signed over my music somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it took from 2017 to 2023 before that happened of being independent oh wow so you were independent that whole time after that up until now I mean, yeah. that pro is probably beneficial with the success that you've had. I mean, you own everything, right? I mean, that's all you. So that's, yeah, I'm a, I'm a I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> well, yeah, it's not like the, you got to cut it out, to, you know, just having that freedom, I'm sure to put a song out whenever you want. Uh, not only that, being able to put songs out that are getting a lot of like streams and, and recognition and then that being all basically all yours. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible and very rare, I would imagine. I mean, it's definitely gotten less rare. When when we started like putting stuff out independently, everybody was like, ugh, like, ugh, independent. Right, <laughs> and right. Like, and I was looking at it, I was like, well, like, there's people, and I'm not anywhere close to this successful, but like Chance a Rapper and and Macklemore and all these people are doing it. I was like, I was like, why can't somebody in country just do it if there's these new ways to listen to music and experience music? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like kind of experimental and it and it it really works. And, uh, I've actually, it's been interesting cause I've always been on a release cycle for like every six weeks of my life. I've always put out a song pretty much. <laughs> and wow. I've, I've kept to that for so long. We've had almost 40 releases, um, in a few years. And, um, this is my first time taking almost seven months without releasing music because I've been in this new situation, new deal, um, getting ready for the fall. And so we have some, the best music is yet to come and i just signed over with uh the jonas group entertainment which is kevin jonas senior from uh the dad of the jonas brothers and uh-huh 
his company with Phil Greeny. So we're, we're really excited for the next, the next journey. That's amazing. That's really amazing, man. Congratulations. Um, so yeah, cause you put out rent free in February, right? Yeah, it was February. So I guess that's, yeah, it's like five, six months, but it'll, it'll be seven yeah. months before we put out something. And, uh, rent free was awesome. I think it was like, I think, uh, it was like the last thing independently that I wanted to do. <laughs> and I was like, I'm ready for, I'm ready for, uh, kind of reigniting some old songs that were pretty successful and putting them in new, new hands. Sure. Well, with this relationship that you, you've, you know, formed with, with, uh, Kevin Jonas, like, was that something that he reached out to you? And I mean, kind of doing all this independently and being successful independently, was that something that you were kind of like weary about? Like, Oh, I've already kind of done the, the, the label thing. Like is, you know, is this worth it? Like, I mean, that must've been a pretty good conversation to, to. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a lot, it's a longer story, but I'll try to make it synopsis. Uh, so I was with a long-term manager in split ways and basically managed myself for a year. Okay. Um, and, uh, had an amazing person help me. Who's now at Vector. Her name is Chelsea. She helped me. And, uh, I was at a show. It was this awesome little show at this place called the local. And they were representing this younger artist, uh, the Jonas group was, and I was managing myself at the time and I saw them, how they interacted with this younger artist and they had this film crew and they were so uh -huh. excited and they worked the room telling everybody how amazing she was. And I was like, if I had something like that in my life, like I would be feeling it right now. Like I would be, uh, that's what I need. And, um, so Phil Garini, who used to run radio Disney is now like the CEO at Jonas group. Wow. And I was like, I want to, like, I love Phil. I knew him from Radio Disney. I was like, I love Phil. I want to work with you. How can I make this happen? So um, I called him like seven months after I saw that show at the local. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, what, what's going on? Tell me about your life. And he's like, I'm running the CEO for Jonas Group. Kevin Jonas Sr. is involved. And we're just kind of looking for new artists to sign. And I was like, here's my spiel. Like I'm doing this, <laughs> this, and this and I've done everything independently and I owe nobody anything. And I really just feel like I'm in a really cool spot where if I had the right team, that something big could happen. And six months go by, ended up signing the deal, getting to meet Kevin. And now Kevin and I are, are really close and Phil and I are really close. And uh, the whole team over there is just really, really special. That's so cool, man. That's, 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 and it all just because, you know, you kind of saw them, you saw what they were doing right at that, at that show. And we're like, okay, that's what I need. Right. Instead of like, you know, I mean, you're doing it independently, but you kind of saw what the next step would be to, to, to elevate the career, um, to rewind just a little bit back with, um, paying for it. I mean, you had that huge moment on TikTok. like, tell me about that. And was that, how did that change your, your career at all? Or yeah. having those other moments moving forward, I guess, on TikTok as well. Yeah, there's, it's funny because paying for it is, is, was such like a, a huge thing for me. And it wasn't almost, it was all just kind of by like happenstance and luck. Um, because I was, had a write with Walker Hayes and I have been a fan of Walker for forever. And, um, going into that, write, I was like, I had it circled in my calendar for forever, wrote the song called paying for it with him. We knew the song was great, but he had just released the country stuff EP, which had like Carly Pierce uh, Lori McKenna features with like all those people. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I, I can't release this yet. Or is I can't put it out, but if you put it out, I'll feature on it. And I was like, all right, we're doing that. And then legitimately we decided on that on a Monday and on Wednesday, he did the dance to fancy like, and then his career just went 
skyrocketed to the moon. Oh, wow. And I was like, I called him like the next day or like a week later. And I was like, cause everything had just, he was like the number one artist on country music right now. Like I didn't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I called him, I was like, dude, like if you don't want to do this song with me, I totally get it. Like I want to respect your boundaries. And like, I know how rare these, like these moments are. And he was like, yo, Levi, just like use me and abuse me, man. Like I I'm here for it. I love this song. And so ended up putting it out. Him and his daughter did a dance to it. And uh, it's been a, it's been an incredible song for me, but the best part of that song is like, it has a huge life left in it. And we're about to revisit it this fall um, in a really special, unique way. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Cause, I mean, wow. So you, did you write the song for him? Was it originally going to go on his record or like you were going to feature on, on his record or was it, you, it was always going to be your song to put out. Um, it's interesting because when two artists are in a room, you're kind of always just like, let's write the best song. And then kind of whoever, usually like the bigger artists will write for the smaller artists. Like that's mm-hmm. just kind of like the natural cycle or like, we'll, you'll, they'll be like, Hey, I need a song for this. And so right. then you're going to write for whoever. Um, I think I kind of went into that thinking I was writing for Walker. And I think he went into that thinking he was writing for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so we ended up just writing this banger song for both of us. And um uh the funny thing is like we pitched the song to jake owen like right after that right and he said and jake owen said no so <laughs> oh wow for us to decide who was gonna <laughs> what was gonna happen with it yeah oh man so you you have obviously new music coming out you said a, a song coming out uh in next month or in a couple months can you talk about that song at all yeah i kind of like accidentally introduced it already <laughs> oh okay <laughs> so, uh, no i no not even on here it was just i've, I've been talking about it because we had we had a release plan for it and then we've kind of pushed it back, but, uh, I have a song with my buddy, Sam Tenez that's coming out. Oh, I, he's a great dude. I've, I've had him on my show before. He lives yeah, pretty so, close to me. Yeah. Sam's um, the man. And we're, we're going to be doing this song. It's like a cross genre thing. It's, I would say it's more rock than country. Yeah. Um, and so we have that coming out. That's going to be really fun and it's going to be a really exciting collaboration. Um, and then I was just in the studio last week at Blackbird Studios recording three new songs that are all going to drop. And yeah, I think, um, I think there's some really special stuff coming out. That's exciting. Um, with, uh, with Sam, was that a, was that just a right that you guys had set up or are you guys buddies and wanted to work together? Like, how did that start? Oh my gosh. So I went on a writer's retreat to start off the year and we were up in, uh, Gatlinburg and I'm sponsored by Old Smokey. <laughs> oh that's rad <laughs> so much alcohol like it was like three oh. riders and maybe six cases of of moonshine oh, oh my god uh, real quick on that i i used to i was on the radio for a long time in in california and san francisco and san diego and we did coachella i mean you, you were at stagecoach yeah. and old Smokey sponsored our like broadcast and they sent cases of those cherries yeah. that are like soaked I have, and, I have a box right behind me. Of this oh, thing. that's so funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it was to the point where we were supposed to give them away to artists and they were like, oh, like, I'll be too hammered to play tonight <laughs> and kill a mic from uh, from Run the Jewels took like three cases of them home. <laughs> I was like, but yeah, those are yeah, those can those can get you. So sorry. Yeah. So you had no, those up in Gatlinburg. <laughs> yeah. So but no, the funny thing was we were just like, we ended up like accidentally, like accidentally getting hammered and because <laughs> I was like, I want to write this song. It's like kind of like Nirvana. And I was like, so I kind of pulled from the uh, like, hey, uh, like that um, really a Kurt Cobain kind of world. Uh-huh. 
ended up like loving the song. The song's called Rock Bottom. It was so sick. And I was like, I need something else on this. Like it's, I'm not going to be able to put it out myself, but I, I need a rock influence, an all alternative influence on this song. So I sent it to Sam and I was like, cause I had actually just written a song for his record. Um, the song called Spaced Out, which fe- featured um, oh, yeah. um, All American Rejects. No and, way. Um, I talked to him about that. That was the record I was talking to him about. That's so awesome that you, yeah, I didn't realize that you wrote that song with him. Or Yeah, what? so I, I wrote that song uh, with Nick Bailey and Sam and uh, a guy named Tim. I can't remember his last name. And uh, so I developed that relationship, sent it to Sam. Sam loved it. He wrote the bridge on the song. Uh, we collaborated on it. It's it is like one of the sickest songs. You like it's it's so good, but it's like it doesn't belong anywhere in a, in a way, and it kind of belongs everywhere. Um, but Sam, yeah, undeniable. It's undeniably Sam, undeniably me, and it's really fun. Wow, I can't wait to hear it. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, so you got that those those records coming out. Um, are you doing like a tour or shows? Anything coming up? Yeah, I actually um, just partnered with a new agency, so I'm over at UTA now, and we are looking to do a fall tour of some sorts. Um, There's just, I, I was telling somebody yesterday, it's like, I'm in the season of my life right now at this exact moment where it's like, it's like the planning but not sharing phase. Right. <laughs> like, like, I have so much coming up, but I can't say anything about know, it yet. <laughs> even like last night I was at that event and I was like, I don't even know how to talk about it like I, I can tell people but it's like i'm so used to being like actively doing something and not planning uh which is a unique spot to be in because i think i've never been more excited for what's about to happen in terms of both touring releasing and the fan base i've cultivated over the past few years that's so cool man well i appreciate your time today levi thank you so much for for doing this man of course no my pleasure and uh yeah if you're interviewing sam then you're you got the right people because he's, uh, he's a <laughs> He's a great dude. And I, yeah, I love that song that you did. That that record he has is awesome. Just the features on it were so different than um, what he had put out previously. And that's cool. That was one of the main songs. We, that was the single at the time we were talking about. Uh, so that's cool that you, you wrote it with him. Maybe if yeah. I went back and listened, I, he would, he probably drops your name and I just, it went over my head. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. The, the, I actually wrote, so I, I write country music. Like that's mostly what I write. Yeah. Yeah. I also have this like strong love for like alt rock and pop punk and all that shit. Oh, that's rad. That's what I'm into. (laughs) So I like, uh, like I live vicariously through like moments where I get to write something just totally weird. Uh And the original version of that song was like, kind of almost like making fun of me writing a pop punk song. And it was just like, It was, it, I, I, I'll, after this, I'll send it to you. It is so funny, like the OG version of the song. And then you should hear it from what it was until what Sam recorded it. Yeah, yeah I would love to hear it. That'd be rad if you could send it over to me. That's so funny. Do you oh, do uh, that a lot? Do you write with other people? I mean, write for other people? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've written songs for Tim McGraw. I've written songs for Steven Tyler on his country record. I wrote songs for the show Nashville. Um, wow. younger artists and something I'm really excited about and I don't know when the hell it's coming out <laughs> is I wrote a, song, a big K-pop song that's supposed to come out at some point really yeah. I've noticed that there's a lot of songwriters doing that uh, or not a lot but I've seen other songwriters I'm like wow you're writing K-pop like that's so interesting yeah I, I kind of accidentally stumbled into this situation but uh, we like had to give up 5% for them to translate it into Mandarin and Korean <laughs> 
<laughs> so it'll, it'll be really interesting interesting but the artist is like i guess massive in korea and, and the band is like other than bts is like one of the biggest bands that's crazy yeah you'll look up i'll see oh wrote for blah 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 k-pop and i'm like i have no idea who this is and you'll go to like their instagram it's like 250 million followers i'm like oh okay like the, <laughs> this is like a serious band um well that's awesome dude i think uh again thank you so much for doing this steve i have one more question for you i want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists any advice for aspiring artists uh i have advice for singer songwriters that are aspiring Love it. and that's something that my dad told me when i was like growing up was he's the the normal advice was always like stay true to yourself you know write songs that mean something to you but what i've learned is if you even if these songs never come out sometimes the best thing you can do is write by yourself and continue to write by yourself and find time as much time as possible to prepare for co-writes and writing sessions as possible to develop your own voice and at least come in with an idea um because that's something that's always meant something to me and especially if i'm writing with another artist is when they have an idea or something to say and the best way to find that voice and what you want to say is to be alone mm -hmm.